At BP, we know you have more important things to do than worry about the quality of your gasoline. Important things like driving 250 miles with seven of your buddies for Bobby's bachelor party. So go ahead and focus on making sure you have enough Mexican wrestling masks, inflatable goats, and ibuprofen. And we'll focus on the quality of your gas. You have places to go. Let us worry about getting you there. BP Gasoline with Invigorate. Fuel the journey. today to This Needs to be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday. We have... So much in store for you today. The title of this episode is The Beauty and Power of Self, but that's also the same topic that Melissa Magazine is going to talk with her special guest about. We have Coach Tony Usry coming to ask you, do you want to be the water or the cup? Now, before you jump to conclusions like I normally do, just wait to hear, you know, which is the best option to choose and what does it mean to be the cup or the water he's been doing an awesome job with the analogies lately and i think that's creating a visual for us that's taking us to higher heights with our fitness journey and our mindset journey hey did you hear what damon wayne said about bill cosby and all of the allegations that's going around about him you want to stay tuned for that Definitely I stole that clip from somewhere else. The conversation is going. But we're going to invite you to go over to Facebook to weigh in and let us know what your thoughts are about his comments during that. We have another special guest that's going to join us, Dr. Freeman. She's going to come and share with us about her journey as an entrepreneur, talk about her three um, business journey. Get my tongue together. She's going to talk about her three business journeys that she's um, gone on and that she's a part of and and how that's been balanced with her life and how that works. And her story is definitely going to inspire you if you're in business or thinking about being in business. We'll never, ever, ever be without Daily Dose of Weird News. There's always something weird going on in this world. It's real news. It's just weird news. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to just jump right into the show Take your pen and paper out because I promise you there's going to be something that you're going to want to make note of. Class is always in session. We'll be right back.
in order for your dream to happen, you have to make it happen. You ready? Come and get it. You want it? Come and get it right here. Come and get it for real. Just come and get it. Takes work, but you can get it. Takes time, but you can get it. Stop talking. Come and get it. Keep pushing, and you will get it. You hope and Would you give Bill Cosby now if you could tell him this is what you need to do? No, tell the truth. I, I, if I was him, I I would divorce my wife, wink, wink, give her all my money, and then I would go to a deposition. I'd light one of them three hour cigars. I'd have me some wine and maybe a quaalude. <laughs> and I would just go off. Because I don't believe that he was raping. I think he was in relationships with all of them. Mm. And then he's like, you know what? It's 78. It don't work no more. I can't get it up for any of y'all. Bye, bitches. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, really? Rape. Because, I mean, 40 years. years. 40 years. Listen, how big is his penis that 
it give you amnesia for 40 years. Well, no, and often some women did come out previously. <laughs> some women did, did huh? go ahead previously and come out and, and give their stories, and we didn't hear. There's a couple of them right. that did, you know, decades, a couple of decades ago. So yeah, but he you, never was charged with anything. Right, but if you listen to them talk, they go, well, the, the first time, the first time, bitch, how many times did it happen? Yeah. Just listen to what they're saying, mm-hmm. and some of them really is unrapeable. When you look, I look at them and go, "No, what? you don't want that." <laughs> get out of here! But I, but I, <laughs> no, get you, get up, get out of here. No, but I and understand then, the dynamic well, of, 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 of people. They might have been hot in their younger days. <laughs> no, you can tell, dude. <laughs> some of them are models like and actresses, but I understand the dynamic of people saying, "Well, why were you alone with him?" Or why were you in that room? Or why did you go upstairs with him? And then people people look at you in a certain way, and you're like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe that's my fault. Look, look, I understand fame. I've lived it. Women will throw themselves at you. They want, you know, they just want to be in your presence. There's some that innocently will come up there, but not forty something women. They're not that naive. He's talking about in nineteen. What sixty five? He just walked in someone's dressing room and and put his penis in their mouth. But then people are also looking at Bill Cosby and the persona that he has of like a mentor. Oh, I'm going to help you with your career. I'm, some of them were on the Cosby Show and would come into his dressing room. Now, you know what Bill said. Cosby did wrong? <laughs> he started criticizing young black men. Yep. And then he lost us. Yep. And so we're not supporting him. And they see that opening. And so now you know what? Attack him. Kill him. But the dude from Seventh Heaven, his show's still on TV. Yeah, that's that's very true what you said because Woody Allen's making uh, shows for and movies for. Ain't nobody. Hey, if it was my daughter, then I would have killed Bill Cosby. But at but being just sitting back looking at it, I just go, I I just don't believe this. I think it's a money hustle. What you say is true because social media. We're the loudest on social media, and social media is what really reignited that flame. Back of Bill Hannibal Barrett. That was Hannibal Barrett too. Yep. I wonder how he feels being the dude that destroyed Bill Cosby. He should be if, if Bill Cosby died, he should be charged with accessory to murder. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> Shut up. But I always tell. Accessory to murder. But I always tell you. I always tell you the story because I, I think, and for them to make jokes like that, that's something that was kind of like well known. You know, people heard that about Bill Cosby. I remember when I was really young, my mom told me that she knew somebody that uh, Bill Cosby had drugged. And she told me that when I was a little kid. She brought that back up, too. But it was a story that had always floated around. That's why I think... But here's the thing. I don't know if I believe every single fifth of the 50 women, but I do believe that there's some... There may be. And and for them, my heart goes out to them. For anybody who was raped by Bill Cosby, I'm sorry. And I hope you get justice. You other bitches, look, he gave me two pills. Ain't nobody... He's, he wasn't a doctor back then yeah, when they talked really, about he, he, he gave them two doctor. pills. Yeah. It's like that was the drug of choice. Like Molly's is the drug of choice now. You know, like people do that <clears throat> to get in the mood. You know, I, I just, I don't, so I can't So maybe the girls never told him no, but they never told him yes either. He got him drunk. Or they woke up. And, but yeah. what's the joy of sleeping, you know, banging somebody who's asleep? Gotta ask Bill. Well, and you know, people people have done that. The date rape drug has been a popular thing, you know. So, Bill, if you out there, what is the? I don't know. <laughs> what, about, what do you think about Hannibal Burr? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be him. I know. Because you know he. The thing is, he. You know, I watch his show, and I don't think he. Um, 
it's premature in terms of his success. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're putting him out there because, you know, of, he's the guy who outed Bill, right. Bill Cosby, and he wasn't ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So hopefully, maybe he'll get it. You know, he'll he'll catch it. But I don't feel it right now. And I, you know, I I wouldn't want to be someone to take down my hero. I think we need heroes, and I think that we need to be more supportive until we know for sure, for sure, because there ain't no charges against them. You know, innocent till proven guilty. Mm-hmm. Not in this day and age. Not, not with day. social yeah, media. Guilty you by, guilty until Twitter. You guilty when Twitter <laughs> says you guilty. <laughs> right. And they don't ever. They 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 never retract what they say. Nope. They just put that on you. You know, that's a. That's a heavy one to carry around. Have you ever had an incident where a woman accused you of something? Never, that you... never. This look at well, me. Well, I mean, look anything. Me. I mean, you know, anything could happen. A woman could be like, "Oh, no. I told him no." Or I keep my drawers on. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a ba- you never had a baby pinned on you. Never. Jeez. I mean, well, black black man can get some. Probably. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel about Bill. I'm like, Bill, did Bill really have to rape women? Is Bill Cosby? Yeah, I. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, he stressed out. I see he's stressed all them raises on his face. He ain't had them like a year ago. His eye don't work. No more. His eyes leaking. It's like wow. <laughs> but I want him to come out. I want to hear him say it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. He's articulate enough to just tell the truth. You know, have that conversation with Camille and tell her the truth, and then tell us the truth because this is not how your legacy should, you know, end. Mm. Maybe Camille's been drugged all these years. Ah, she's beautiful. <laughs> I love her. Two now quay lose a day. Now you're going to be at Caroline's all weekend long tonight, 7.30 and 10. All right, this is going to be your opportunity to weigh in on this conversation. What do you think? about what Damon Wayans has said in defense of Bill Cosby. We're going to put it on the This Needs to Be Said fan page, and we want to hear from you, all right? Next up is going to be Darren Marlowe with Daily Dose of Weird News. It's real news. It's just weird news, and I swear he comes up with some really weird stuff. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. A panda at a zoo in Taipei is accused of faking a pregnancy to get better food and accommodations. Expectant pandas are moved to air-conditioned rooms, they're given more buns, more fruit and bamboo. Well, keepers were pretty excited when giant panda Wan Wan began exhibiting signs of pregnancy. But, well, ultrasound scans determined that Wan Wan was not pregnant. It's true, Wan Wan is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. The internet is abuzz with speculation about an object that seems to look like a downed Star Destroyer from the film series Star Wars. The supposed spaceship was spotted in a photo taken by NASA's Mars Curiosity rover, and am I crazy, or or is that Chewbacca in there? I I think he's changing a tire. Vancouver, Washington man was taken into custody after a standoff with police in which he serenaded them while standing in front of his house naked and playing the banjo. Police were called to the man's neighborhood because he was allegedly walking around with a knife. Well, obviously he did not have a knife. I mean, he was naked. Where would you keep it while playing the banjo? 
Hamas has arrested a dolphin, accusing it of being an Israeli spy. I don't think they're going to get it to confess, though. I mean, waterboarding is definitely not going to work. An elementary school teacher has been allowed to keep his $90,000 a year job, despite being late for work 111 times in two years. 15-year veteran teacher Arnold Anderson explains that breakfast is to blame for his tardiness. He says, I have a bad habit of eating breakfast in the morning and I lost track of time. Uh, hold on here. Let, let's do the math, shall we? You were late 111 times in two years. That averages out to once a week that you were late. Are you only eating breakfast once a week? And what about the first what about the first 13 years of your teaching career? What you just never ate breakfast those years? According to a new report, the average American spends 42 hours a year in traffic. The Washington DC area is the worst in the nation for traffic gridlock with drivers spending an average of 82 hours behind the wheel. Yeah, traffic's not the only thing hopelessly gridlocked in D.C., am I right, huh? A new poll finds that the three words most commonly associated with Donald Trump are arrogant, blowhard, and idiot. Or, wait, or, or is that Hillary? You know, it's kind of hard to tell at this point. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more... I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. New York resident Ayana Dukey thought her boyfriend of three years was the perfect guy until she Googled his name. The 33-year-old stand-up comedian says she discovered that not only was her partner cheating on her, he had also committed murder. So she's only going to give him one more chance. A Texas man had a close call recently when he shot at an armadillo and the bullet ricocheted, striking his face. The incident happened at the man's property, and earlier this year, a Georgia woman, she was injured after a shot fired by her son-in-law ricocheted off an armadillo. You know what? Instead of using spider silk for bulletproof vests, maybe we should be looking into stringing together a bunch of armadillo hides. Did you know that more than half of Americans never ride a bike? A recently released report also found that nearly 6% of Americans don't even know how to ride a bike. The study of nearly 1,200 people nationwide found that in the Northeast, 12% of Americans say they didn't know how to ride a bike compared to just 3% in the Midwest. It also showed that young people are riding bikes less. 9% of those ages 18 to 34 said they couldn't ride a bike, while just 3% of those 55 and over said they don't know how. But hey, you know what? We can virtual bike ride on Xbox, and that's essentially the same thing, right? On ABC, Josh Ernest said that the economy is building momentum. Well, Josh, things that are rapidly going downhill often do that. A badger is recovering at a Polish animal shelter after the party animal was found passed out on a beach from having too much to drink. The Badgers believed to have stolen the booze from fellow beachgoers before removing the beer caps with her teeth and guzzling away. You know what, I'll bet it's hard to get past a drinking problem like this when you're the only one in the Alcoholic Badgers Anonymous meetings. The online review site Yelp now lets users review and rate their experiences with the TSA, which probably contains more swear words than a Chris Rock monologue. 
An Arizona man suspected of entering a home and threatening to kill residents with a rattlesnake has reportedly used hornets as weapons in the past. Nathaniel Buck Harrison was arrested after police say he entered the home and accused a man there of being a rat who sent his friend to prison. At some point during the altercation, Harrison broke a board over the victim's head and tried to get his rattlesnake to bite the victim. Which is pretty ingenious if you think about it, because if your victim kills the snake, you can still get your revenge by having him arrested on animal cruelty charges. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find me at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com, where you can also find me on Spreaker, YouTube, iTunes. You can download the free Daily Dose of Weird News app for Apple or Android. You can like the Facebook page for weird stories every day of the week. You can also listen to a few samples of audiobooks that I've narrated. It's all there at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Damian McCall, independent distributor for Herbalife, wants to help you gain more energy and feel great. He believes in the Herbalife system and wants to show you just how this simple system can help you reach your fitness goals. Herbalife will help you lose weight or gain muscle mass. Yes, you heard me right. You now have a choice with Herbalife. To begin reaching your fitness goals, connect with Damian McCall on Facebook at Simply Fit. That's S-Y-M-P-L-E-E-P-H-I-T. Tell him this needs to be said radio sent you. V-Downloader is a software application that allows you to save videos from any major website to your hard drive. With a single click of the mouse, these videos can be stored in any video or audio file format. Visit vdownloader.com. That's vdownloader.com. It's almost Labor Day. Have you found that perfect summer read? Take a look at This Nearly Was Mine by Nancy Farkas. You'll breeze right through this novel. Go to Amazon and read those reviews. Many read it in one sitting because they couldn't put it down, then couldn't stop thinking about it long after they finished. It's a book about a woman with a workaholic husband and the relationship she has with her ex after they reconnect after almost 30 years. Topics everyone can relate to, and really, who hasn't wondered if their ex still loves them? A lifetime of issues and unexpected twists. You will love this book and learn plenty from it. This nearly was mine on Amazon. Peace and blessings, my people. It's your man, Tayanis, and you are now listening to This Needs to Be Said Radio with my girl, DJ Butterscotch. Keep on rocking, baby. I see you. One love. Struggle trying to bring life to your vision. See, I know this well is vicious, but you strong. Taking care of business and your home. Say, cut this song, cause it's your song. See, I know he did you wrong. You passed that, cause you grown. Holding it down on your own. It's solid as an earth stone. Even when your back's against that wall, your instinct takes over. So you can conquer all. And I have nothing but respect for your elegant intellect. Don't let this world get you down. Get that weight up off your chest, cause when you stay prayed up, Blessings come down, carry yourself just like a queen, then kings will come around, infatuated with her aura, can't do nothing but adore her, so there's no reason why we shouldn't break our backs for so put your ones up, for sisters elevation, cause if God made us, let's take care of God's grace, can no you see what she faced, never gives up, she holds it down, 
works all day and night if she's gotta come what may and she'll say Soul sister, manifesting inspiration when my spirit needs that lift up. I know this well is vicious, but you strong. I have feelings that lie way deeper than digging the love zones. It's something about your vibe that should be treasured. Her soul side lives in her message. Her presence is my pleasure. I know her past was aggressive. It left her in question. Where will all that stress in? So she can receive that blessing. But overall, my queen walks tall. Her love's out of this world, like solar system stars. I wanna be where you are, no Michael. To be that man of faith that puts her into all your bad cycles. Infatuated with her aura, can't do nothing but adore her. So there's no reason why we shouldn't break our backs for So put your ones up for sister's elevation. Cause if God made us, let's take care of God's creation. Can you see she faced, never gives up, she holds it down, works all day and night, if she's gotta come what may, and she'll say, it makes her strong, 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 that much stronger, hey, yeah, 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 my sister, beautiful soul sister, hey, yeah, yeah, for my sister, so Put your ones up in the air put for my sister. Yeah, you know you're strong. You know you're strong. Say put your ones up in the air for my sister. You know you're strong. Put your ones up in the air for my sister. You know you're strong. Say put your ones up in the air for my sister. Get you down, get that weight up off your chest. Hi, this is Johnny Reed, and you're rocking with This Needs to Be Said Radio. Catherine, this needs to be rocked. Met this girl on the beach the other day. She seems so perfect in so many ways that I asked her for coffee, see what she had to say. Nothing to hide 
So I asked her out for dinner And that girl she tried to pay Oh my God That's when I found out she was Only half my age And I said Ooh, now that's impossible, no Right, we're getting ready for Coach Tony Usry, the author of The Fitness Game. And, Coach, today I believe your topic is do you want to be the water or do you want to be the cup? Exactly. All right. Well, let's just jump into our discussion. I know we have some recapping we need to do from our last topics, and I'm loving that you're theming them because I think it gives each person a visual, which you've taught us that this whole time about the mental image that we have in our head that gets us to the goal that we're seeking. So we can do our recap, and then I want to jump right into this week's topic. Okay. Well, tell me uh, how your week went as far Uh, as our our last topic. I believe we were doing thoroughbred or quarter horse. Am I right? Yes. Okay, because I know we, yep, that was the last one. I, I'm doing a thoroughbred. I'm doing a thoroughbred. One of the things that it has helped me to do in my business is to sit down and do more planning, which I already thought I was doing a lot of planning, but just being more strategic, and I'm planning past the point of today. Like, I, I've been doing real good with planning the night before for what's going to happen tomorrow, but what um, being a thoroughbred as opposed to rushing um, and I've also noticed, you know, gosh, I've done this a lot, and I've noticed some other people doing it too, and I think we don't realize it. So being able to plan past today, like, you know, a week out, like, you know, for some people maybe laying their clothes out for a week or preparing their meals for a week, and for me it's more of planning shows for a week or maybe two weeks. 
um, what I've noticed that I might get the energy today and say, hmm, I'm going to start a blog. And I might write today, I might even write tomorrow, but that third day when I said I'm going to send something out to my listener base, I don't because I only right. plan for that day, which was a kind of, that was a quarter horse that you talked about last week. And I was like, ooh. So then I've done some um, research on how not to do that anymore and how to be able to plan so that I always have something going out at the time that I want it to so that I'm showing up consistently. So that's how my week has been going. Definitely evaluation, absolutely evaluation. Yeah, when you when you look at it like that, it makes you stop and think, really, how you're running your race. I mean, you know, uh, am I stopping short? Am I just getting out and sprinting and then burning out? You know, so you you really have to to look at how you know. First of all, what's the distance that I'm gonna have to run to finish the race, and then how do I get there? And so, it's really you know, it's really important to sit down and look before you leave the gate to know exactly what your what your goal is and 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 how far you have to run and and and, and that's what we miss that point you know we we miss that and and that's why this topic that we're on today is going to have a it's going to have a, a, a impact on people because what you know a lot of people think that you know, you have the water and you have the cup. And it's really it's really a trick, okay? It's really a, a trick topic because most people are trying to be the water, okay? Well, what exactly does the water represent? It represents power, movement, you know, it represents uh, uh, motion, you know, and being able to to go fluidly move and go around objects and over objects and stuff like that, okay? And so most people would raise their hand and say, I want to be the water, right? Well, <laughs> when, when, if put it that way, wouldn't that be what you would want to be? Wouldn't you want to be the water and just slow around things and do things like that, right? Right. Okay. Well, the problem is, is that the water has no substance as far as it we can't be wa- the water okay we can't that's action power that movement that's action we're the cup problem the 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 problem is is that a lot of times we don't allow that water to flow into us so that we can pour it out when it's needed on the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It just we allow it to we watch it and we watch it flow around us or we you know, it's like turning the sink on and letting the water run but having the cup on on the counter and not putting the cup underneath the water to let the water in. You know, we're vessels. We're we're the type of people that you know, you know, we have to to take things in, in order to move things out. Okay, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So the, the the thing is, is that what are we allowing to come in us? What are we allowing to? Are we allowing that water, that power, that action, that motion to come in us and fill us? That's knowledge. You know, knowledge is power. You know that temperament 
you know, learning, uh, patience? Are we, are we letting all that in, in so that we can distribute it when we need to distribute it? Or are we just an empty vessel? Are we an empty cup? Hmm. Or, or are we just letting other things get in the vessel, like the dirt of the world? And, you know, if you, if you don't use the cup and you just let it sit there, eventually what is it going to collect? Dust, grime, dirt, you know, <laughs> it has to be rewashed before it can be used. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is that what we, what we need to understand is we're the cup, we're the vessel, and we need to be understand that that water is a tool of, for us, okay? And that represents power, motion, action, reaction. It represents movement of life. It represents, it, it, it's a thing that flows in us and then we pour it out as necessary. We, you know, and you can't give unless you have something in you, okay? And most right. people try to give when they don't have something in them, you know? And that's why the things that, that come out of their mouths or coming out of their hearts is bitter because it's dirty, you know, it's dusty, it's grimy, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's not clean, it's not action, you know? Uh, it's It's empty. And so... In order for us to be able to be that thoroughbred we're talking about, mm-hmm. we have to we have to be full. We have to allow ourselves to get full of the the right stuff. You know, we have to. You know, if, if I'm gonna have a cup of tea, tea's got a, tea's poured into the cup, then I drink it. But guess what? If I don't pour the tea into the cup then I'm not having a cup of tea. There's no tea to be had, right? I mean, I can I can want the tea, uh, you know, I want to drink the tea, but right. if it's never poured in, it can't come out. Right. And, and and that's how we are, you know. We want, you know, we're, again, going back to the fact that we're now a fast food so, uh, society, we want everything now, we're the kind of people that we don't want to wait for it to be poured in us. We don't want to wait for that, you know, because whatever it is that we need in us has to be prepared first. Mhm. Okay, I can see that. Okay, so bottom line is is that we have to see what type of vessel we are, what type of cup we are. Do we have holes in it? Are we are, are we a cup? Or are we a colander? <laughs> are we a are we a cup? Or and are we solid? And can we hold the stuff that we need to hold? And and let it let it you know settle in us and and do the things it needs to do in us, and then we're able to pour it out. Or are we? Do we have? Uh, Malfunctions? Are we are, are 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 we broken? You know? Are we cracked? Mm-hmm. You know? We mm-hmm. we need to look at all of that. You know? But we're the vessel, and a lot of people try to be the water, and they they try to run over people. They try to run through things. They try to slow around things. You know? They 
they try to be the action. They try to be the power. And then they look back, and they've either screwed it up or they've left a wake of carnage in their path because uh-huh. it was with, with that with that movement of water, unless you dam it up, it's, it's flowing, but it can be as destructive as anything. And think about it. You've seen floods. Floods are very destructive. That water, you know, power of that water has to be harnessed for it to be any good. You know, the sea. We have the sea, but and the sea is there, but what can you do with the sea? You know, you, you can you can go you can go out on a boat on it and and and, and you can ride on it, but really and you can you know fish whatever but how do you harness the power of of the sea when you, wave comes in you can ride it if you're a surfer but you know it's what do you, what do you, what can you really without harnessing the power and utilizing how it's going to be what is it it's what is raw power raw power is destructive in its nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, it's majestic we're the too. One, huh? <laughs> I said it's majestic too, but definitely, um, it's, it's dangerous. Right. So it has to be harnessed. If it's not harnessed, and it's not utilized and poured out when it needs to be poured out and used when it needs to be used, then what is it? Mm-hmm. And that's our job. Our job is to harness it and utilize it the way it's supposed to be used. But you have to allow it to fill you first. You have to be, we have to allow that power to flow into us, fill us up, and then we can pour it out. Uh But if you only have a little bit, then you can only do a little. Right. (laughs) Right? So there's your quarter horse, okay? Quarter horsing. You you let so much come into you a little bit, and then you're so you're so eager to uh, to pour it out that you don't wait on the rest of it that's needed to get you through what you need to get through. You start pouring, you run out. Just like you said, I did two days, and then I didn't have anything planned for the third day, or mm-hmm. you know, I ran out and worked out two days and didn't have the energy for the third day because they didn't plan it out. Then you know, some came up. Same thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's really important that we understand our role. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're in we're, we're the vessel, and what you put in that vessel is super important. You know, and remember we talked about, and and and, and that's what we'll go over in the next segment. Remember we talked about what we put in the vessel, uh, how mm-hmm. we put it in the vessel? We'll go mm-hmm. with that again because it's really important. But we need to understand that what we put in is what we're going to give out. What we allow to come in is, is what we're going, is what's going to, we're going to give out. So we really need to understand that. Okay. You know, and, and we, so we really need to, to, to check out where we are as far as what we're allowing in us 
Are we allowing anything in us? And then what are we pouring out? Or are we trying to be just the ultimate of power and rush out over people and be the ultimate of action and rush out over people and, and do things without the, the thought of it? That's what we need to, to start looking at. Because you can't be a quarter, or you can't be a, a thoroughbred unless you you know exactly how far you got to run, and you got to have that you have to have that in you before you can let it out. Mhm, mhm. So our take action for this week between being the water or the cup, what do you want us to focus on? I want you to focus on because everything seems to be building on top of each other, like definitely. Yeah. Um, I want you to so focus I'm, I'm on. Mm-hmm. I want you to focus on. Are you a cup? Are you allowing things to come in you and then to flow out of you, or are you the trying to be that water and just storm through stuff? You know, take action, uh, not think about it. You know, gotta go. You know, and then and then look back and see what you've done. You know, are you are you being patient? And, and, and doing the things that you need to do to build up and learn what you need to learn in order to, to, to go forth? Or are you just being being presumptuous and, and running off and doing your thing and then finding out that the only thing you're doing is really bumping your head against the wall mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, hitting, hitting the rock and the rock's mm-hmm. not moving? But you're trying to, but you know, I'm doing something because I'm flowing around it. But right. what if you were supposed to deal with that rock? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay. you know, what if you see? So it's it's a it's another self evaluation of exactly what we're doing and are we allowing things to come in us and then flow out of us, or are we just an empty cup? Running amok, trying to be the water, and that's what mm-hmm. you know. You remember, we're not power. We 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 utilize power, but we're not power. We're powerful people, but we're not power. We have to utilize it correctly, or you know, as a vessel, we're going to run out if we don't allow it to constantly come into us and then go out of us. We're going to run out, burn out. So we need to evaluate. All right, Coach, let everyone know how to get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said. Uh, they can call me at 619-792-0662, or uh, I'm on Skype, anthony.ussery, and also my email is a-u-s-s-e-r-y at gmail.com. All right, until next time, Coach.
regardless of what they might do, even despite who they can try to hold me, me. they think that they can hold me, me. but they will never get to hold me, me. down, 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 hold me, me. they think that they can hold me, me. but I will never let you hold me. Under. Within a coffin I was locked up in a slumber All it took was one clap for the thunder Then it just thundered Who would have wondered? I chose my only option I broke right out the coffin What good's the memory of those within it all forgotten? I peeked my eyes around for people watching The coast was clear so I just ripped the yellow tape with caution I threw it all into a riot falling Continued walking Cause even the electric fences weren't shocking Didn't plan on stopping I was hopping right through Even despite who they can try to Hold me They think that they can hold me But they will never get to hold me That they can hold me, but I will never let you hold me. Just let it pass me by Still I wonder why They try to hold me They think that they can hold me Hold me Down, 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 down Hold me They think that they can hold me But I will never let you hold me Don't you 
We all deal with oxidative stress, from air pollution like fumes, dust, and allergens to radiation. This stress can be very harmful to our bodies, causing free radical damage. We've developed RxQ to mitigate damage that eventually leads to premature disability and loss of cellular function. To learn more and purchase, go to shownwetterllc.com. That's S C H O E N. W-E-T-T-E-R-L-L-C dot com. Have you ever thought to yourself, what will it take to earn a rite of passage into heaven? There is a fictional story about a kid that accidentally kills his younger brother. Later, he joins the military and believing that if he saves 100 lives, his sin will be forgiven, hopefully earning him a rite of passage into heaven. This story may be sad to some readers, especially to mothers, so please be advised. You may need a box of tissue. 
If you would love to read this short story, please visit Amazon and type in Rite of Passage Jonathan Hendricks. The title is spelled R-I-T-E, Rite of Passage, P-A-S-S-A-G-E, and the author's name is spelled Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Hendricks, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S. I really enjoyed the Rite of Passage story. And I think you will, too. You may not do it every day, but you do it. Enough that when you do, you seriously ask yourself, how can I be more successful in life? It's okay. We all want to make things happen in our lives, both personally and professionally. That's how we, as humans, grow. Author Steve Wilson has constructed the basic building blocks, or the key ingredients, if you will, on how to obtain the success you desire. Inside his latest book entitled Liquid Ether Physics, available at loyaldetermined.com for $8.99. That's loyaldetermined.com. Looking for a new shade of gray? Introducing Your Soul Was Made for Mine. Author C.L. Hunter magnificently weaves a tale of loss, pain, romance, and electrifying thrills that will keep you captivated until the very end. When their lives converge in Ireland, Noland and Emmelyn will never be the same as dangers appear from Noland's past and they unravel astonishing secrets together. With each new discovery, they go to places, events, and ecstasies they could never have imagined possible. Learn more and get your copy of Your Soul Was Made for Mine at clhunterauthor.com. Shows real-time map with trains and vehicles, gates, automatic, traffic lights, less jams. Visit tinyurl.com forward slash p-s-q-k-l-s-t. That's tinyurl.com forward slash P-S-Q-K-L-S-T. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We have a very special guest, as I promised you would get to hear about in the early part of this show. Dr. Tawana B. Freeman is going to grace us with her presence and share her expertise with us. She is an author, a coach, and a speaker, just in a quick nutshell. And she's going to share her journey with us, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm kidding. I am not kidding. All right, but anyway, we have Dr. Tawana B. Freeman with us, and I want to give you a little bit of information about her. You're going to get to know her, but then in just a moment you're going to get to experience her because she and I are going to talk back and forth, and I'm going to get to ask all the great questions that I love to, and you, the This Needs to Be Said audience, is going to get the opportunity to experience her with me. Take pen and paper out. As always, classes in session. She's going to drop lots of great information, golden nuggets. And if you have any questions, you definitely don't want to have those overlooked. So take notes because we're going to show you how to get in touch with her after we're done with this interview. So keep that pen and paper handy. Dr. Tawana Freeman is the principal consultant for Tawana Freeman and Associates an active management consultancy in the greater Washington, D.C. metro area, the founder of the Black Life Coaches Network, a membership community of over 300 certified coaching professionals, and an advocate for young women. Freeman conducts workshops and conferences where she impacts a life-changing message that presents 
hope, and inspiration. She is the co-author of an award-winning book, Purposeful Action, Seven Steps to Fulfillment, which reveals a seven-step method for identifying and effectively pursuing personal and professional goals. As much as a much sought after executive coach, Freeman delivers custom keynotes, coaching and training programs designed to assist organizations in their efforts to equip their leaders and key contributors with the skills and competencies needed to excel in today's challenging business environment. That's the short of it, but we're going to get right into a bigger conversation. She has a wealth of information that she's going to share with us. So you're going to want to know how to get in touch with her when we're done today, I promise you. At this time, I'd like to welcome Dr. Tawana B. Freeman to This Needs to Be Said. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you, Catherine, for having me on. This is going to be great. I think so, too. I, I, I'm just overwhelmed with everything that you've done, overwhelmed in a good way, because I love to see when women in this business entrepreneur um, arena really excelling. And for all of the women who thought maybe they couldn't or they can't, your mm-hmm. journey is showing them that they can and they can do so much. Not only are you an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, but you have three businesses that you are running. So we're going to get into all of that conversation, but you are you are inspirational, and it's an encouragement to other women who may think that they can't do it. This interview is going to prove to them that they can. So thank you in Absolutely. advance for that. You are so welcome. I, I, that's what I'd love to do. I want to know where it all began for you. Like, when did you know, okay, I am going to have to go into business for myself? Or was that something mm. that was that you always did? Did you transition from corporate to entrepreneurship, or did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur? No, I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. i got to keep it real. So here – this is what I know is true. I always liked the steady paycheck, right, income, steady right, income. Right. That was my thing because security is one of my highest values, and I know that about myself. So having steady income was important, and then my income came in through a nine-to-five job, right? So it was no mysteries for me that I, I, got, I wanted to stay employed. Um, okay. <laughs> and so one of the things that naturally happened to me, though, while I was working nine-to-five is that I had a very deep, passion for my community and working with teenagers, specifically teen girls between the ages of 13 and 18, high school age, right? So Uh my entire life, um, before I went to college, while I was in college, I was called to serve that group. So while I was working my nine-to-five, I had a nonprofit that I started and established and ran for years to serve that group because I had to have that. I was a social entrepreneur. So what I didn't know then that I know, you know, of course, later on was that I was so called to the community and helping those that that nonprofit existence was social entrepreneurship. But I didn't know it at the time. I was just doing what I believed I was called to do, and that was change the lives of young women who were disadvantaged, living in urban communities, who were challenged by so many community issues from going to the juvenile detention centers, the early childhood pregnancy, and or, um, you know, dropping out of um, high school and not graduating. So those, well, I was dealing with those issues. So social entrepreneurship is what I was involved in, but just didn't know that's what it was. And after years and years of being in corporate America, and I spent over 20 years in corporate America, before – the transition into being my own boss, 
um, I never thought I would um, do the consultancy thing. Um, and I I started it, at, you know, before 9-11, I started my own consulting firm. I jumped out of corporate America and said, okay, I'm going to do this. I can do this by myself. And I created a uh, management consulting firm. It was successful. It went great. Then 9-11 happened. Once 9-11 happened, it was, things changed completely. The direction, money went to um, away from personal development into um, defense funds. So money was reallocated and shifted. So government contracting and working in certain business areas shifted because the money moved. When the money moved, I moved with the money, right? So I decided to go back to work, in, you know, and be directly to nine to five, and and during those times, it was fun for me again maintaining my nonprofit work and social entrepreneurship, and then being back on my nine to five, getting that secured income, right? right. And then after a while, here again another transition. I got married and relocated to Hawaii for two years. Lived in Hawaii, changed my life forever from that point, and that was back in two thousand and eight. Once I relocated to Hawaii. That's where I left corporate America again, and this time didn't go back. And that transition in starting my consulting firm and everything else that dovetailed and was created after that was is the story of my my move into being a business owner. Well, what was it? Um, there's a few things that you've you've said, and I'm making notes as we talk here. You said, okay, one of my deepest values is feeling security, and I'm I'm wondering. If there's another woman out there, I know for me that's one of my values, and I never attached it to the consistency of the paycheck, but I think I can definitely, that that resonates with me. Um, Do you think that if a woman identifies with, or anyone, but a woman specifically identifies with what her deepest values are, especially if it's like the security of a steady paycheck, she may know or have a pulling like you did to be an entrepreneur, but do you think that that deepest value keeps her from going towards that entrepreneurship because it doesn't look the same as the consistent paycheck initially? Oh, yeah. It will definitely, that fear of losing that secured revenue stream or that secured income, the fear of losing that will it is, it is the transition key. That's the key to it. You know, we we know that we are um, having to maintain our lifestyle, and we know that we don't want it. A lot of us are super independent. We don't want people taking care of us. We want to take care of ourselves. We want to be, you know, our own um, providers of our own lifestyle. But because of that, we don't want to jump out, right? We A lot of us are right. fearful to move because we don't want to lose that independence. So that is a huge piece of it. The thing is, is that, what I always tell people, and this is the easiest way to make it happen, you don't need to quit your nine to five in order to start your, you know, small business and follow your dreams as an entrepreneur. You don't need to do that. You can do them both at the same time. And a lot of times what we do is we get ahead of ourselves and think that you have to give eight hours a day to that non that that new business that entrepreneur dream in order for it to be successful and then it's not true that's a myth so until it is able to replace your current income then you should not transition and quit your job all right and that that is sound advice and I would like to add to what you're saying 
you have to invest something consistent to make that happen. It doesn't just happen because a lot of people, again, that security is there, that safe space is there, and they are fooled into thinking that their business is making money when it's really their check is still coming in and allowing them to be able to do things. So be clear at how you measure the growth of that business before you transition, and then you're like, oh, I thought the money was coming because sometimes we don't document it. We, you know, do something on the side and we don't really document clearly what that growth looks like. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Now, having, you the oh, without a doubt, percentage of growth is key. If you can't track mm-hmm. the trends of that percentage of growth, yeah. then you're moving from that um, secured income will be devastating. Um, if you end up getting out and six months later, you have nothing. So, yes, tracking that consistent growth, and, again, the key is consistent, then, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so important. Otherwise, you live in a myth. Absolutely. You use a term I have never heard before, and you said at one point you didn't recognize that's what you were doing. Talk about social entrepreneurship. Yes. So social entrepreneurship are those individuals who are called to a particular community or a particular service work and as a nonprofit, as a nonprofit effort where you're either um, a heavy – um, donor, you donate a lot of a lot of your revenue. Um, I mean, a lot of your time and energy, whether you are volunteering and or giving money, you are constantly feeding into that particular group that you're called to serve or that you feel called to help. So the that is translated if you start a business that is supporting that group you're called to. And so if you're going to start a, a movement and or some type of service that you're providing for that group, that's social entrepreneurship. That is you connecting with the community that you being just like social media. I want to reach out and um, touch other people. So you're coming out, touching people in a, in a, in a life skill, whether it's, you know, giving your time and, and energy, whether it's providing clothes or whatever, it is, Social entrepreneurship is creating that opportunity for you to put money to help someone else. All right. Now, you said, and I'm thinking Hawaii is a great problem to have, okay? And you said when you went to Hawaii, that was like a turning point for you or was a turning point for you. What about that was a turning point for you in your life? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the big piece because when I left for Hawaii, my employer, which whom I adored and loved, I, I could not have been more dedicated to this employer, um, the transition, we thought that it would work. I could work, you know, across those time zones and continue to serve and be in senior management across the uh, across the ocean. Unfortunately, it did not work out. So I had to, you know, I left, left the position because it was impossible to really manage my uh, position from, you know, being so far away. And so that's where that came. The process, the mental process, the stress that came from me separating from corporate America was, it, it was, the, it, it felt so bad. It was like I got divorced or something, right? Oh, And wow. it was so bad that it took, only Hawaii, for me, only Hawaii could have done this for me. Uh, literally, it became the place where I detoxed. Things were so slow, so beautiful, so tranquil. It was so such an amazing place to be living while I was going through such a tragic, you know, divorce. And so wow. during that time, that's how I learned about life coaching. And I was not 
uh, you know, uh, at that time I had not gotten the certification of life coach. I had heard about it because being in corporate America, you know, people go through executive coaching during the um, uh-huh. 2008, 2009. So executive coaching uh-huh. was new. And so I knew what it was. It's just I never considered potentially, you know, doing anything like that for myself. And so while I was in Hawaii, I detoxed. I, I learned to separate my identity from my corporate identity. But my personal identity shifted. I became certified in um, life coaching. I, I added that to my skill set of things that I services I wanted to offer as a um, consultant back to corporate America. And I wrote a book while I was going through the transition. So it was a big, the best transition I, I could have ever asked for, although initially it looked like it was going to be the worst thing I could have ever done for myself because mm-hmm. I lived through my identity, which was a part of my security, being yeah, on wow. that 9-to-5 job. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. I know some women that, and I know some, some of my clients personally that have that identity crisis, and yes. you're – I identify with that as well. Anything that you've attached yourself with or you found yourself and women, we do it, whether we're moms or wives or we're the, you know, the main caregiver, whatever we have been, that was our source or that's how we identified with this is how I'm successful and it's being removed from you somehow. It's a hard transition. If you were a pillar in the church and you, for whatever reason, you're no longer going to be able to be there and it, it is. It, I, I can identify with it. I've heard so many women say that if they feel lost, you feel like you know, how do I validate myself? And you, that sense of security again. There, you bring that up again. So I know a lot of women can connect with what you're saying. I can connect with what you're saying, and it's, it is mm-hmm. painful. And yes. what a beautiful place to be in to be able to have that happen. Um, yes. Wow. Wow. So from Hawaii. You begin to detox. You mm-hmm. begin the course of the new journey because you said after that there was no more corporate. So right. bring me bring me up to to that journey and social entrepreneurship. Is that because you have three companies and we can take a moment and mention yes. those? Yes. So I yes. So I still had my nonprofit. I was still working um, in the communities. I was still my my nonprofit had had grown so much so we had a national tour. So we were traveling to six different cities, and my daughter, who's now a sophomore in college, um, was a part of a new program that we had launched that was very popular in the Los Angeles area. So we were traveling back and forth off island, back to the mainland, you know, with her program. And so social entrepreneurship never, ever changed. That was always there. What was different for me is that while I was contemplating how I was going to recreate Tawana, um, what, who did I want to focus on? Where did I want to go? I already knew that I was a consultant. I knew I was a management consultant. You know, years and years of expertise as a project manager, as a, as a scientist and a, and a um, IT person, you know, being in that realm of professional development was easy, right? It was how was I going to do it differently this time? So what all the skills, the new, what new skills that I want to add to Tuana that were going to make me more attractive to the marketplace? And so the transition then became me doing a lot of research, and it was easy to be a researcher because I'm a scientist. I researched what was happening, the trends, what was going on, and that's where Tawana Freeman and Associates was established because I knew that as a um, consultant for uh, for management, 
I was always able to close the communication gap between senior executives and mid-level management and help groom mid-level managers for the next promotion. And so I stayed in what I knew. I stayed in the course on my expertise, and I added all types of, you know, skills that made me more attractive in the marketplace, and that included mm-hmm. life coaching and, and executive coaching. So that was a skill that I added to my resume, and that's where the consultancy grew. And then from the consultancy, um, there were contracts that I had where there was a requirement for me to fill some, you know, for some resources need to be fulfilled. And so I had to find some individuals to fill, you know, those requirements. And the, the client was asking me for a diverse clientele. They were looking for more coaches of color, more, more executive level um, coaches that looked and mirrored their, the organization. And so, that is what I did. I went and did the research, and it was so hard to find coaches of color. It, we were underrepresented in the life coaching, business coaching field. So once I found them, I kept them. I didn't want to let them go because I was like, okay, it was too hard to find you. So now every time someone said I'm looking for a coach, then that's where I was able to say I know some I'm going to refer. That database grew. And that's where the Black Life Coaches Network was established because mm-hmm. I then took that that resource pool and created an opportunity for other coaches of color to naturally come and learn how to build their businesses, how to grow and, and, and attract more clients so they can join, grow their businesses. So that's mm-hmm. where that came from. Wow. And it's just a natural progression. You see a need and yes. you meet a need. And that's one of the things that I think people, you know, we want to have our own business, but what's the thing I want to do? I don't know if we do it out of order, but it's just like it was a natural thing. People needed this, and I was able to help them, you know, and gradually it built on something. And you were able to incorporate your daughter in your social entrepreneurship. So that, you know, that part, it's just it, when the family can be a part of it and be supportive of it, it just makes it seem like it flows and it's just a healthier. Right, and happier. that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the key. You know, Catherine, you have to look at everything that you are skilled at doing, everything that falls within your expertise. You have to look how to create a flow. Everything should flow together. Everything should connect. Everything should have an easy transition. Otherwise, it's kind of hodgepodge everywhere. It's like I got this over here, uh-huh. that over there. You know what I'm following me? And so when you're in the beginning stages of building your empire, I always like to say the beginning looks like a, a connecting rainbow. It all kind of flows. When, you're, when those, everything and all those pieces are together and they're functioning and everything is thriving, then you can jump out of that flow and start something totally opposite. So let's say I wanted, and I did do this. While I was uh, managing my uh, consulting firm, things were great. I had the social entrepreneurship with a nonprofit for teen girls. That was amazing. And then all of a sudden I said, you know, I've always wanted to own a hair salon. And Mm -hmm. so I jumped out of that flow and created something completely out of the way something I had never, ever done before, but I always experienced because I said I could be a better salon owner because at the time people were just complaining constantly about the type of services you got and how much time you spend in a hair salon. And I wanted to see if I could be a better salon manager 
So I stepped out and, and started and, and established my own hair salon. And so, again, that's an example of jumping out of the flow and doing something okay. completely different. Okay. Okay. And what happened? It was it was amazing. I I the the salon was popular. It was right in the center of town. I instead of me being the stylist, I partnered with someone who was a popular stylist and basically built the the business around that style, that lead stylist. Very popular. I didn't have to be there to manage it because I had you know I, I knew as a manager how to do that from afar. I would still fly in because I was. On going back and forth with my consultancy, visiting clients, I could also bridge, you know, the meetings and and the work I had to do for the salon with my um, travel. So it was easy. It was an easy flow. But I could build it into my natural um, uh, process because I I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like I started the salon while I was in the middle of a chaotic transition with my other businesses. I was Uh already Uh in flow, and so it didn't come conflict at all. And it went well. Nice. And I, I, I asked you that question because I wanted to know what part of the business, I know you said project management, but I wanted the audience to be clear. She didn't leave or, you know, take, go out of her flow and start being a hairstylist. You took your management no. skills and helped right. a stylist or helped a, a business to flourish and to run smoother than what other customers have not experienced yet. So we miss it a lot of times and take, oh, well, I'll just go start this other business, and it's it's like selling knives and lipsticks, being hustle man, and you said that, being all over the place, and you didn't do that. You said, I can take this piece of my expertise and put it in this business and made magic. This person is mm-hmm. uh, great at what they do. If I can take what I do and we marry those two things together, people are going to definitely see that this is ooh, really what I would love to experience going to exactly. get my hair done you know, so that's what I wanted to definitely bring out and be clear about because um, I've seen it, I've seen it, seen it, seen it, and I'm like, why did you go try to be a hairstylist when, you know, really <laughs> that wasn't what you were supposed that's to do. Right. But maybe that's bring right. something of your skill set to the hairstylist, and I'm using your example there. So mm-hmm. along your way, what are some of the things that you've seen, you said they just would have listened to the guidance of me or, you know, someone in my network of coaches, if they just would have listened they would be much further along. What are some of the things, not people necessarily, but things you've seen people do that had they listened, they'd be further along? Yeah, and and this is one of my pet peeves. If they had listened to me and not purchased so many um, shiny objects while they were building their businesses, mm-hmm. then they would be a lot further along. They just because they had the money to buy the next it thing didn't mean that they needed to do that. They would have been a lot further along if they didn't jump on every train that was moving. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I need this, I need that. You know, to make my business. I want to blow up and 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 advance the process. I want to be on national television. I want to be on a speaker circuit. I want to. The need or the desire to be further along in a shorter amount of time. They went in and just advanced the process and bought into products and services that did not pan out. So if they hadn't listened to me, then they would have been consistently building within a timeline that is respectful, that would not have caused them to lose ground, and then they would have been able to see clearly that when you stay in a flow that is 
proven and demonstrated, right, and tested, mm-hmm. then if you stay in that flow to the end of it, then you jump and find someone else that can take you further. But you don't do that while you're midstream. It doesn't make sense because you haven't even perfected what you have started. You know, I don't want anyone working with me if they can't show me that they have successfully completed what they're trying to sell me. I don't want to jump on a train just because someone has created an image or the perception that they're successful, and they're not. I don't need to be associated with that. But a lot of us are getting fascinated with the sparkly things and thinking that, oh, I want that. I have to have what she has or I have to have what he has. And sometimes the timing of that sucks, and other times it's just not a right fit because what's good for someone else is not going to always be good for you. Mhm, mhm. Wow, 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 wow. What are some telltale signs, maybe along your way, that you you say for yourself? If I knew then what I know now, it would have helped me. Like, what 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 could be a sign to know when to listen and when to not listen? Because I've been in that space before. I, I hear what Dr. Freeman is saying, but I'm not sure if I should listen to that. And stuff is over here flickering and shining, and it's the new hot thing. But what can help? the entrepreneur that's in that space that says she may be giving me good advice, but I see the shiny object over here. And how did you handle that along your journey? Well, see, I made that mistake. I can't talk about anything that I didn't do myself. See, that's Uh the thing uh that a lot of people don't want to do. You don't want to test the fiber of the people that you're associated with. So if someone came to me and said, well, that's great advice, how do you know? Because I spent, oh, you know, a hundred grand, a hundred thousand dollars. On shiny objects. When I add up everything that I bought, purchased, now trust me, as a person who digests everything she buys and learns, I not only were some of the things powerful and very helpful and I used it, sometimes I didn't use it until two and three years later. I bought it too soon. I didn't need it when I bought it. There were times I bought some things that when I did buy it, it was early, and I was a pioneer in that particular area, and a lot of times people can go and look at my track record and see the, where I have a footprint before anybody else. So you'll see where I bought before it was popular and it was brand new, and you can see consistently my growth. So if I had not already walked that path, there's no way I could tell you, don't buy that, it's garbage. Yes, you can buy that, but wait another year because I've already done it. There's nothing, I have not seen one thing that I have not already heard before or bought before, not one thing. I'm looking, I can go to the Internet. You name, you name anybody, and I can tell you if I know them, I'll tell you I know them personally, if I've ever bought their product, or I know someone who's had, who has and if it was good for them or not. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. How I've been wow. in 10 years, 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 10 seems to be the magic number. Every time I'm researching someone, Ten seems to be the magic number to have hit a bunch of bumps and hiccups and to oh, have yeah. learned the lessons and say, you know what, I'm sure-footed and I know the direction I'm going in, and you get to a point where you, you your discernment is better and it's not yeah. you're not focusing anymore on the shiny things, like you said, or that seems like a good idea at the time. And I find myself doing that now, which is that's, that's encouraging because I, I find myself saying, hmm, that seems good. And, 
there's lots of great information out there, but asking yourself, is now the time? I'd like to get to that, but is now the time? Is right. that in line with what I said I'm doing? Is this what I want to present to people to know of me right now? Um, it, right. Because a lot of times I've heard people say to me, well, I'm talented and I can do all of these things. And as I'm, you know, guiding business owners, I'm I'm not trying to take from, you know, your skill set or your, your talent, but does it work naturally right now? Or are you going to be fighting to keep all of that alive? What do you want to be known right. for right now? And what does right. it look like? Because to you, you're multitasking. To the person looking at you, maybe you're hustling. You're like hustle not hustling, trying to make something happen, but you're just trying to hustle to get over. And you don't want people mm-hmm. to look at you that way, even when you're sincere and you're talented and you could do good work, you're just scattered. So right. that that is that mm-hmm. is great, 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 great. So not only should we listen to the experience, um, what are some things that entrepreneurs, even I'm not going to say brand new entrepreneurs anymore. Let's move like five to in between five and ten years. That business owner, they may they may be hitting a plateau. What advice can you give to them on their journey? Maybe they're thinking about quitting; it's not working anymore. But maybe it's really a plateau. Okay, okay yeah. If it's if if it truly is a plateau. Not, not you know, it's it's up and down, inconsistent, that kind of thing. If it's truly a plateau, and you know that based on your analytics and you reviewing your 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 accounting and 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 all those things, if it's truly a plateau, then I say don't quit. And the reason for it is that most businesses don't survive past five years, and you know this. So if if most businesses fail within the first five years, and you have victoriously made it to your fifth year, and you're plateauing. And you you know that there's something that you should be doing, and you need to you need to pivot. Then I would suggest don't quit, and now find another opportunity to make money within what you do. So it's a unique offer, it's a new a new service, it could be a new partnership, it could be almost anything that you are within what you do. Then you may need to expand the brand so that you can attract a new market. So pivot so you can attract a new market. All right. We've had a wonderful time. I can continue talking to you all day, but that is not what I promised you when I invited you to the show to hold you <laughs> hostage, okay? But I will definitely extend an invitation for you to come back at any time um, to share with us, and I hope that it's okay that I reach out to you in the future uh, for future let me reach out. How do I double use the word? I hope it's okay for me to reach out to you in the future for Absolutely. other topics <laughs> as we talk about women and growing in their business. But in the meantime, how can this needs to be said audience get in touch with you outside of this interview? For those women who are listening, um, you know, if you are in the coaching profession and you are a certified coach, you call yourself a coach, you're interested in being a coach, I submit for you um, to have a conversation with me about your business. I would definitely encourage you to reach out to me by email. Um, you can you can easily find me anywhere on the Internet. My name is unique enough that if you Google me, you can find me. So Tawana Freeman, um, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, you can also reach me through Black Life Coaches Network. So here's an email that will easily get to me, and that's info, I-N-F-O, info at black, 
lifecoaches, with an E-S, dot net. Again, that's blacklifecoaches.net. But feel free to follow me on the, um, inter- on social media and reach out to me, even on LinkedIn. Send me a message, and um, we can connect. And I can help you kind of gain some clarity around what you're doing and or direct you on some um, proven paths that potentially could be the difference in you uh, thriving in your company. Awesome stuff. You have a YouTube channel that they need to stop by. There are plenty of videos out there that can help give them some tips, so they better look you up on the Internet because you have been overly generous. You and your network have been overly generous with the tips that can help um, them in the interim. So thank you so much for being a part of This Needs to Be Said, and until next time, have a super day. Thank you so much. Hi guys, this is Melissa Magazine of Discussing It with Melissa. I want to thank you for joining us today. Today we have a guest. Her name is Mrs. Rhonda Huffmacher, a marriage and family therapist. Rhonda received her bachelor's degree in psychology and her master's. She was also one of the guest panelists for the Miseducation of the Naturalista and a contributing writer for Naturalista Diaries magazine. Rhonda also enjoys working with adult women on issues regarding life adjustment, body image, self-compassion, infertility, and child loss. She has a private practice in the university area of Charlotte, North Carolina, and you can visit her practice site at www.rhcounseling.net, and that's www.rhcounseling.net. N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot net. Hi, Rhonda. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Melissa? I am so awesome. I want to ask you, did I pronounce your last name right? You did pronounce it correctly. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to make sure. I was like, oh, no, I hope I didn't screw up my last name. (laughs) No, you did great. (laughs) Good, good. Okay, I just want to get right into it. Um, I want you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and why you decided to go into counseling. Well, I mean, you you hear different things about why therapists um, go, you know, into the field of therapy and counseling. And, you know, those answers can range from, you know, having not so great, you um, you know, family of origin life to, um, to basically just wanting to get out there and help people and make a difference. And I have to be honest and say that it's a bit of both for me. Um, I really, really enjoy working with couples and families and individuals on just, you know, trying to figure out, um, you know, their issues and, you know, helping them to navigate them. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds like I I probably need help. <laughs> need help in navigation. <laughs> okay. I have uh, a couple of other questions for you. And you as you know, guys, my like life mission or part of it is basically dealing with 
um, self-esteem issues, self-love, and self-care, because it's very important, I think, especially for women, we basically neglect ourselves a lot because we are like superhuman and superwoman and we're the wife and we're the mother and we are the entrepreneur and we're the businesswoman. We have the careers going. We have so many things going on that we do not love ourselves or take care of ourselves appropriately. Mm-hmm. So yes. I wanted to ask you, you know, Rhonda, you know, to share on that, that topic and Basically, like, what are the signs that one should look for, you know, to recognize low self-esteem? Well, I think it's definitely dependent upon um, the person and their experiences. So if you recognize that this person um, is typically, um, you know, uh, upbeat um, or if there's a lot of negative self-talk, you know, um, you know, going back to them being um, having more of an upbeat personality, and then if you see, you know, that change, um, I think that would be, you know, um, something going on um, with self-esteem, um, and also um, just you know, listening to how they talk about themselves, um, you know, just how they how they tend to socialize with other people, you know, do they kind of stand back or you know, are they are they more more vocal about it? Because some people may not be vocal, but you know, you can kind of tell just by some behaviors that they may have. So behaviors like traits, you mean? Like well, behaviors. Well, behaviors like you know, if let's say they when um, and if we're talking about women specifically, let's say you know when they get around their girlfriends and. Um, you know, one of the key things that I talk about, too, is um, being able to take compliments. So, you know, if, you know, girl, I love your hair or, wow, you know, that's a really nice dress, you know, being able to say thank you um, and not being able to say thank you can be um, a predictor of, you know, um, someone's self-esteem because, you know, someone that has a little bit better of a, um, you know, self-worth would just be able to say, oh, thank you very much, I appreciate your compliment, um, as opposed to someone not saying thank you and, and saying something to put themselves down in that instance. Got you. I understand. I understand. Do you think it's possible to think too highly of yourself? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I, I You know, I just playing a devil advocate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it is. And, you know, it's so interesting because, um, you know, as as moms specifically, you know, you have to, you know, uh, look at that as a delicate balance. So, of course, you want to build your child up. Of course, you want to say, yes, you did really great, but there also needs to be, you know, a happy medium or, you know, um, uh, being humble in there too. Um, I think it's very possible to think too highly of yourself, but I think the key to that is to think highly of others and not just yourself. Got you. How can you or how can women uproot the negative energy in their life? Well, I think, too, it's, it's an evaluation of what they're exposed to. So if they are uprooting this negative imagery, 
they need to be aware of how they react to this negative imagery. So if they, you know, are doing, let's say that for for argument's sake, let's say that the that the woman is very much into the fashion industry and she's exposed to a lot of, you know, um, high fashion print media where all of the women are, you know, a certain shade, a certain um, size. Um, and if she is, you know, doing things that are detrimental um, to her personality, to her health, to try to measure up to what the um, what what print media says the standard is for women in their body type, um, I think that that can be very damaging. Um, so in order um, to uproot this negative imagery, you have to be aware of how you respond to it. Um, you have to be aware of how your girlfriends are responding to it. So, you know, that can be a subject of conversation because I am a major proponent of you know the individual defining beauty from their own their own perspective that is something that I love to talk about and that I that I will tell everyone that I can is that beauty is not defined by um popular culture beauty is defined right. by the individual right right how do you think that we can actually teach or guide um, like you said earlier, navigate our our way into defining beauty. Like when you are, when you do have low self esteem, and when you are always in that low state of mind, it's like how can we, or what steps or tips can you give them to? Um, first of all, how how can they um, recognize that they are reacting negatively to um, the negative? Um, imagery that is being placed out there in front of them through media and the people they're hanging out with and all those things, what tips can you give them to recognize that? And then what can they do to bring themselves out of it? Well, first of all, what I would say is, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, an individual um, going through whatever they need to go through in order to um, identify or to pinpoint their identity. You hear people talking about, oh, I need to find myself. Well, I'm a strong yeah. encourager of that process, <laughs> um, <laughs> most definitely. Um, and I think, too, um, when when they're going through that process, be very, just have a high level of gratitude when you are going through that process for yourself and the fact that you are different. So, um, you know, finding the beauty in how you are different from everyone else around you, whether it's something in your personality, whether it's your Mm -hmm. curl pattern, whether it is the shade of your skin, really embrace that. Um, That is something, I mean, of course, the key ingredient here is self-compassion. When you are trying to build that self-worth, that self-esteem, that higher level self-esteem, and also beware of the comparison trap. You do not want to fall into that comparison trap because, again, that's getting into that whole thing of trying to compare yourself, trying to measure up 
to something that you really don't have to compare yourself. You don't have to compete with popular culture. You can just be you and you can rest in that. So I believe that it starts with having self-compassion and also having gratitude for who you are as an individual, no matter how how slender, how curvy, how light, how dark, you know, how coarse, how kinky your hair may be, just being able to say, I am beautiful because I am me. I love me. Yes, love it. Self-compassion, I really think that, um, and you know me, I've been a start a webinar and an event all around self-compassion because I really believe and think that, um, Wanda, you hit a key thing here that a lot of us do not have self-compassion. I actually think that we need to take it all the way back to the basics, pretend like we are kindergartners again, like ABC123, mm-hmm. and teach people <laughs> how to have compassion for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know it sounds like we it should be simple and easy, but I don't think people know how to. No, so, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. I really like, I don't, do. Especially women that, that has, you know, so much going on, our minds are always, like, racing to the next thing, how to get this done, what to do, you know, all the pressures of life. You know, life happens every day for everybody. Um, yes. So I think that we need to return back to that place of self-care. And I think in self-care then um, we'll find how to be compassionate for ourselves and how to have compassion for ourselves and then in turn learn how to give compassion to others, like, you know, have grace for other people, mistakes and flaws and all those different things. You know, that's yeah, my I definitely. Oh no, oh no, I I agree with you, um, and I think that you hit on something key as well. Just you know, if if we feel ugly inside, we are going to project that out onto other people. If we feel yeah. that we are lacking within ourselves, we are going to feel inadequate when we are you know, conversing with other people or when we are in social circles with other people, we are going to feel less than. Right, right, and I see that a lot. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, we definitely have to continue this conversation on. I do want to get to um, about two more things, and then I really would like to talk about or hit on the subject of the article that you actually wrote for me for my Naturalista Diaries magazine because I really think people, that was like such an excellent article. Um, Thank you. So I want to, you are so welcome. Um, what age would you say women or uh, young girls are most vulnerable when it comes to building self esteem? Okay, well, that is actually going to depend upon um, the child's upbringing. And I say that because children, they pick up everything. It is really, really scary how well Mm -hmm. they can just, they pick up and they're incredibly observant. So, you know, a, a, a daughter or even a son could pick up on, you know, their mother saying, oh, you know, I just, 
you know, I don't like how these pants sit on me or I just mm-hmm. don't like what my hair is doing. I wish it were different. You know, they pick up on those small messages and children are are very impressionable. I would probably say at the age of four, three or four, somewhere in there. Um, and of course, as they get older, they're even they're even more observant because I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard stories of you know toddlers, you know, walking like their mom walks or how their dad walks or doing things that the yes. parent does and, and picking up on those small things, maybe saying something the way a parent might say it. So I believe that it is the same when it comes to body image and body dissatisfaction and self-worth, self-esteem. Um, I believe that it is exactly the same. Um, you can positively model self-esteem and you can do things to um, to um, fill that child's self-esteem and try to prevent them from um, hearing any negative messages that would um, alter how they see themselves. Now, of course, school-age children, and I talk about this in my article, school-age children can really say some mean things. So um, I, I would say that that's the all-hands-on-deck time. Definitely when a child starts mm-hmm. school, you know, parents need to be um, very in tune with their children and what their daily experiences are so they can get in there and potentially, if they have to, you know, say, no, 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 that's not true and here's the truth if they need to debunk anything that may have been said to the or stated to the child. Um, that school age time is that hard, really hard time. Yeah, I do I do agree. And like I said, because I do um, speak to the youth or whatever, I do believe it. I agree with you as far as being, I call them my little babies, a pre-K, and my sister's in education, mm-hmm. and me going to her classes and going to these different classes, they are very impressionable. And they basically um, emulate everything that goes on in their house. <laughs> <Everything>. Yes. <laughs> so um, I do believe that is um, a great age, like you said, three to four years old. And I also see, like, I think they, like, transition, though. They start to try to figure out who they are becoming around middle school. That that oh, yes. need to be a hard time for them. Just in mm-hmm. my um yeah, like ten years old or whatever, like them going through that whole transition of, you know, not being a baby but not, you know, trying to fit in. Right. So. And that that is definitely a good observation. That is identity formation time if we're looking at stages of development. That is the time where they start to, you know, have that where I, their identity is very important to them. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell. And this, these days, I don't know what kind of breed of children is going on around here, but, oh, it's just so, so, so obvious that they are fighting hard. And then just with the whole, uh, like you said earlier, media just bombarding them with these, oh, that's a whole other conversation. The things that they oh, are yeah. bombarded with and the things they have to, you know, deal with. Uh, I didn't have to worry about half this stuff in school when I was their age, you know. Um, it's just mm-hmm. a different time, I guess. And I guess, like, what would you say or what advice would you give to parents um, handling this or going through this with their kids? I think um, the first the first line of defense would definitely be to make sure that their relationships are intact. 
So um, believe it or not, the best thing that a couple could do for their children is to make sure that they have a good relationship. That actually comes out of the research of Dr. John and Julie Gottman. Um, They are one of the foremost authorities on couples therapy. Um, The other thing I would say is just making sure that their own self-worth and their own self-esteem is intact and making sure that they, you know, they exude self-compassion and that way they're teaching it to the child. Um, I believe that, you know, um, the, the scaffolding that we can do with our children and, you know, training them up and teaching them um, how to self-care, okay? If you want to stop and you want to go color for 25 minutes, then by all means go do that because nine times out of ten, that's for them. They are, you know, they're loving themselves. They're doing something for themselves in that instant. Um, so okay. that those are two key ingredients that I would say. Awesome. Awesome advice. So it starts with the actual mommy and daddy. And then the individual. Okay, got it. Yeah. And and while we're on the topic of mommy and daddy, (laughs) um, how important do you think um, is it to select the right spouse in life? What, oh what, wow! What is your <laughs> <laughs> that is incredibly important. So um, I'll go back to what you know what I just said previously um, okay. about you know um, you know the best thing the best thing a couple could do for their children is to have a a great relationship. So, yes, I think when we're looking at our own self-worth and our own self-compassion, you you definitely want to be with someone. You want to have a partner that's going to be supportive of that process as well. As well. Even if you are, you know, um, let's say that you've been struggling a little bit with your self-esteem and, you know, you may be um, kind of a late bloomer when it comes to self-exploration and trying to figure out who you are in your identity, I would say that it's very important to have a partner that can be supportive of you during that process. So, yes, it is very key to be sure that you are compatible with your partner because, one thing, and and this is, you know, I, I tend to see clients um, that struggle with this is that, you know, they may come to therapy, but their partner is not as invested in a therapeutic process as they are. So while they're okay. trying to grow and heal their relationship, it's a bit more challenging when you don't have your partner there with you. So you definitely want to have someone in your life where you have the same ideals, where you guys can see eye to eye and also be supportive of each other when you're going through anything um, in your relationship that, you know, needs additional attention. That's That was so loaded. Oh, my gosh. We can do a whole um, radio <laughs> show on just that topic yes. alone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh Okay, before we um, close out, I want to ask you to give us a brief list, you know, of your services and then tell people 
how they can contact you about them? Well, I I definitely see clients for um, a variety um, of of reasons, um, but I did want to reiterate that I do see um, couples, and I am trained to be able to work with couples that may have some issues that they really need to hash out, such as infidelity, such as infertility, um, you know, and also I do see individuals, as I stated before, I love seeing women who are trying to redefine themselves or just trying to figure out what beauty means from their own perspective. Um, so I see individuals and I do work with children as well. And if they would like to find me, they could actually find me on Psychology Today. Um, I am there. They can contact me through there. They also can find me on my website, um, which Melissa stated earlier. It is www.rhcounseling.net. And also they can reach me via email at, um, let's see, rhonda.rhcs at gmail.com. That's R-H-O-N-D-A dot R-H-C-S at gmail.com. Awesome. Now, staying with the um, topic of beauty and power of self, that was the name of your um, article that you wrote for me, The Beauty and Power of Self, which, like I said earlier, you did, like, an outstanding, amazing, fantabulous job at sharing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Sharing helpful tips you know, about identifying the problem and how to love yourself. Like you gave us so many, like, easy-to-do steps, you know, um, self-care and how to be compassionate to yourself. And like I said before, you really don't hear that, that last word about, you know, for you to do it for yourself. So if you can just um, elaborate briefly, briefly, briefly for those who didn't get a chance to read the article, I would greatly appreciate it. So the the article, what it actually gets at is how we are having this growing problem of women not not valuing themselves, not taking care of themselves, and also being highly critical of themselves, and how that actually it, it bleeds onto our children. So they they do they do perceive what's actually going on. And so what what I essentially wrote about was trying to draw some attention onto that. I talked about how I had read research where there were middle-aged women who were actually having struggles with eating disorders and body dissatisfaction. And that was very alarming to me and also um, just how little girls are being very critical of themselves too. So this 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 intense self-hatred that women and girls are having for themselves currently. And then the other piece is trying to identify as women when that actually happens. So if you're trying to figure out, okay, how can I get out from under um, these feelings that I have for myself? So trying to identify when it actually happened. When did I start having these feelings for myself? 
And half the battle is actually admitting that they're there, admitting that mm-hmm. you do you you do have critical feelings toward other people because of how you feel toward yourself. So identifying the problem is key. So there is power in loving yourself. So when, you know, I talked about the comparison trap and how the true weapon to loving yourself is self-compassion. Okay? Being able to look at yourself in the mirror and to be able to appreciate all of you, and I use this quote in my article, flaws and all, loving yourself for who you are. Um, And I think that, you know, your best practices is looking at it from a holistic perspective. So you're looking at you know what are what are the problems what are, what is the noise in the system in your social environmental your emotional your physical and your spiritual life being able to identify what are the negatives what are the negative interactions you may have or the negative exposure that you're having um those are those are definitely keys and starting points for trying to have or I would say increasing your capacity for self-love, compassion, and acceptance. Acceptance is key. And, yes, there's some vulnerability in there, but if your your aim is to increase self-love and self-compassion, you know, there is some vulnerability in there. Um, and I think um, one of the things that I said that were key takeaways um, and Melissa, if you don't mind, um, I'd love to read the takeaways directly from the article if you have no objections from that. No, I don't. So the takeaways from the article, the major underlying message here is to give yourself a little room for self-love to grow in your heart, mind, body, and soul and spirit. Get into the practice of replacing those unpleasant words you use to describe yourself and changing them to positive and encouraging words. When someone gives you a compliment, say thank you with confidence. By doing this, you are acknowledging what they've said to you is true. Remind yourself constantly that you are beautiful in your uniqueness and that you are a gift to the world. You are marvelous and striking, but you have to believe it. Though or through self-love and compassion, you hold the power to define and express your beauty in a matter that is fitting to you. And that is one major thing that I want to leave with women is that they don't have to define themselves by the status quo. They can define themselves by themselves. That was so powerful and awesome. Ah, thank you, Rhonda, <laughs> so much. You're welcome. Thank you You're very so welcome. much for joining us and sharing your passion with us and your expertise with us. Thank you for giving us so much uh, valuable information. Um, I want to thank you um, and just say uh, many blessings to you and all of your personal and professional endeavors. And just may God stand between you and all harm that comes your way. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate it. Have a great 
thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.